Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. The show contains objectionable language. Listener discretion is advised. What? 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 You want my comments? What? 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 Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to AEW Unhinged Review of Double or Nothing. I am your host, Jim Mernier, a.k.a. J-Dash. And I am part of the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast crew here at PWNNewsroom.com. So let's get right into it. I'm not going to break down the whole event. It was three hours of epicness, three hours of enjoyment. But there are a couple of matches I do want to touch on from Double or Nothing. First off, the casino ladder match was exciting. It was unique. You had it set up as a Royal Rumble style type of match. A competitor entered the ring every two minutes. We finally seen who that mystery opponent was. And bam. When I heard Taz's voice, my first thought was, holy shit, it's Taz. But it wasn't. It was not Taz. Brian freaking Cage. Wow. This man has been in Lucha for ages. This guy's competed in TNA. He had a cup of coffee with the WWE. But from all the people I said in my preview show, I would never thought Brian Cage was going to be the guy. I thought he was a long shot rumor. And how he entered the match, of course, the whole entire AEW roster buried him under chairs and tables and poker chips. And it gave me a very bad Braun Strowman type of feel in a ladder match. I think we saw that in Money in the Bank, I want to say 2017 or 2018 in the WWE. Uh, they buried Braun Strowman and he broke out of it. Gave me that vibes. Really did. But it was an entertaining match. And I've commented on Twitter and got a lot of good responses from uh, a lot of other podcasters out there. Especially guys like Wrestling With Heat, The Wrestling Nerd, and The Elitist. Good group of guys. We joked around all last night about the Twitter affair between this match and I brought up a remake of a pay-per-view name for last night. I said AEW botch or nothing uh, because of this ladder match. This ladder match had a lot of botches in it and it's nothing to degrade the athletes. They were trying to pull off some great things but Luchasaurus, Jimmy Havoc, Kip Sabian, Darby Allen, they had some notorious or very obvious botches but they kept going through and of course there's a lot of matches in a lot of ladder matches we've seen in other pay-per-view events that we've seen botches and it's very common in a lot of these extreme type style matches because of the low success rate of certain moves and that's completely understandable i'm not bashing the guys the match was a hell of a match i liked the match it was very entertaining i didn't expect it to be the first match on the night but it was a good way to get things started um like i said mentioned like I mentioned a couple seconds ago, I get bad vibes from Brian Cage in this match. Gave me a, a very uh, Braun Strowman type feel. The Beast got out, did his thing. Him and Luchasaurus had a nice interaction between each uh, each other uh, with their Lucha background, which was very exciting. It was very entertaining. And, of course, uh, Brian uh, Cage gets the W. And there are rumors right now that him and John Moxley at Fighter Fest for the championship, um, which they said was going to be at London, but due to what's going on, I highly doubt that's going to happen. I guarantee it's not even going to happen. But that doesn't mean you can get excited about the match, or hopefully that match is going to happen. 
But there's other guys out there, especially one individual in my mind that deserves a championship title shot. And his name is Michael Jacob Freeman. MJF and Jungle Boy, in my opinion, stole the damn show. That was one of the most exciting, one of the most... Can I say it? I'm going to say it. I'm really going to am. It was the best wrestling match of the year in the AEW. Maybe not in the whole wrestling realm of the WWE and ROH, but in AEW, Jungle Boy and MJF stole the show. This is going to be a rivalry that is going to be headlining Double or Nothings, All Outs, Revolutions, all the AEW pay-per-views to years to come. This is the next generation. These are the next guys to go up the totem pole. Same as when we see Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. This match was excellent. Both guys really, you could tell MJF, you know, played his heel character to the best of his ability, which is right now, in my opinion, the best heel in the game. And of course, Jungle Boy, that favorite face, energetic, fly high flyer. It was entertaining it was a match that i wish we saw a lot of this in the other promotion but unfortunately don't but this match right here took the cake mjf in my opinion should be getting a championship shot any time now and i'm not talking about the tnt i'm talking about the aew world championship that man has deserved it he is a class clown he's an asshole he's a prick but he is the best heel in the business in all of wrestling, and he deserves a title shot. That is my opinion. So we get down to the final two matches I'm going to break down here. Actually, let me talk about this one. It's not really, I don't want to really break it down. We saw it was a very good match. Uh, John Moxley and Brody Lee squared off in the very, it was anticlimactic, but it was also very suspenseful. You actually got to see Brody Lee perform to his ability that was not seen in the WWE. You saw Broly's rise into a top tier caliber wrestler in the business. And that, for me, watching this, I was like, you know what, Broly is like that. He deserves it. He was mistreated in the other promotion and him and John Moxon just worked together good. It was a good chemistry match, told a very good story. And we all, we knew John Moxon was gonna win the title, uh, retain it, excuse me, but, it was a match that was just right for the right price, the right time, and they got that storyline done. We're going to start seeing the Brian Cage storyline start, you know, coming in because Fighter Fest, which is rumored for June, is next month. So we have a couple of weeks to start pumping up that next pay-per-view if it is a pay-per-view. So that was, you know, that's just my two cents on it. It was a good match. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't breathtaking. But it was a, it was good enough to get that to get that story where that story has been developed in the last four weeks and how to move on from it. And it'll be interesting to see where Bro Lee moves on from this. But it was an entertaining, entertaining match. One of the most controversial matches last night was the TNT Championship match. And it wasn't the match itself. It was the presentation and the arrival of the TNT Championship. This is where I, unfortunately, will begin a little unhinged on this podcast. Come on, people. Are you serious? You are bitching about the belt. How it looks just made up. Looks like it was quickly made. But yet, if you read the Twitter 
articles by the big time wrestling websites, they've already told you before the fucking show that the TNT championship belt was not completed and due to what is going on in the world today, it cannot get properly completed. Basically what they did is put the silver plate on the belt to have it at least at the event. That's what happened. And of course JR, Excalibur, and Joey Devine told it exactly the same way. And they told it during the match. But you look at Twitter. You look at the toxicity of this freaking community sometimes. How the AEW just missed the ball on this. And they're comparing the TNT Championship belt to the Raw Tag Team titles of the WWE. I'm, I'm... Hey, breaking news, people. Breaking news. The Raw Tag Team titles haven't changed. TNT Championship is going to change. The DEW has already said, yes, we're missing pieces. We have to get it done. That is not the, the belt that we're going to have represent the company that is airing our product. And you look at the Twitter trolls and how they are just, just bashing this belt. And they pretty much gave you know, this match a second thought. But there were some good points in the match that made me laugh. Uh, especially Mike Tyson getting caught yawning. That was pretty funny. But the work, the chemistry between Lance Archer and Cody was on point. It's, it's like they've wrestled before in the, in the past. They might have met each other in New Japan. I don't really mem- remember. But I can. if you guys have a video of it or a link, show it to me. I'd like to see their past work with each other. I think it will be for me to... I uh, really enjoy where they have come as superstars. But overall, this match pleaded the month-long storyline that we've been watching over the last couple of weeks of the AEW. And the outrage of Twitter and the outrage of social media over the damn belt really clouded the actual full-on experience and enjoyment of this match for me. Because as you know, we're very, we work within social media to interact with people. And just seeing the toxicity of that championship belt and not listening to the TNT guys on television and looking or reading the articles that were posted before then to tell you what was happening. It really, you know, dampered the excitement of the match, especially Mike Tyson. He looks in great condition. I think he literally is going to go after Floyd Mayweather in the next boxing match. So the final match, the stadium stampede match, the elite versus the inner circle. I really enjoyed this. This was very funny. I like how they kept throwing in little football gestures. The 50-yard backflips by Jackson on Sammy Guevara. The not pen slash review. Aubrey going inside the replay booth to see if it happened. Jerrica goes in there. I like their interaction. Aubrey's like, you're not supposed to be in here. And that was very funny. It was very entertaining. And of course, you saw all the different generations of Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy 1.0, Matt Hardy 2.0, Broken Matt Hardy. And you also saw a new drone. We got Neo that arrives. Uh, so that is... So this match, this was a great match. It was unique, it was different, but it was exciting. This was the final build-up, the final climax of the final battle between a rivalry between these two factions has been going on since maybe before revolution maybe full gear is when it really started to happen and that and how to end it like this in the stadium stampede match with so many great scenes adam page riding the horse going to the bar sharing a drink with uh, jake hager that was entertaining there were so many good things in this match that really 
It was so bad wrestling that it was so good television. Within Double or Nothing, we had other matches that I, I can break down, but come on, I just talked about the four main matches that really sold the show. Double or Nothing, in my opinion, was far better. Far better. Far put together. Light years ahead of Money in the Bank. Double or Nothing kicked the fucking door down. That was an awesome pay-per-view. If, if I wanted to rate this pay-per-view from 1 to 10, it's an 8.5. Uh, there are a couple of things in there that, you know, made the rankings go down a little bit, like the Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander match. Yeah, I really didn't want, I really didn't need that. And, of course, Sean Spears and Dustin Rhodes. When I, when I saw Dustin Rhodes show up, I knew that match was pretty much Dustin's going to win. But it was a very entertaining pay-per-view. It was a very entertaining event. I'm very excited that this event went off without a hitch. Everything. From what we can tell right now, from injury standpoint, everyone came back pretty healthy. Was very good news for the athletes and AEW. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, that was my quick overview slash review of the show and what I think about the show. Hopefully everyone has a beautiful Sunday. And remember, go check our other podcasts that we release weekly. Sundays we have Rundown. Wednesday we have War Room. And of course, Unhinged, which drops on Fridays. Previewing and reviewing AEW, WWE, NXT, and all things wrestling. Here at the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast, we have you covered. Please follow us on Anchor and on YouTube at Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Jim Renier, a.k.a. J-Dash. You, ladies and gentlemen, have a beautiful Sunday or a beautiful week, and you've been unhinged. See you next week.